Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Believe it or not, we have done these and forgotten to hit the record button. <laughs> didn't, didn't go very well. So uh happened once or twice on set. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can imagine that. All right. <laughs> um so Christy, thank you for setting this up. Definitely appreciate it and you sending us the screener. That was cool. Of course, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for doing this. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll just I'm gonna do a quick three, two, one countdown and we'll dive in. Um Oh, no. Hopefully you guys won't hear a dog barking in the background. (laughs) (laughs) But it happens from time to time. Sorry about that. Um, No worries. Okay. Yeah, we're very much one of those indie uh, podcasts, just so y'all know. So we're real laid back every week. We're we're up to episode 303 this week, so we've been around a while. So, um, yeah, we we just do it for fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. You ready? Good reason to do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Only reason. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, three, two, one. All right. Welcome in, everybody, to The Horror Returns. And we do have a bonus episode, something we haven't done for you guys in a while. Um, COVID has obviously created its own unique set of problems for everyone, particularly in the industry. Um, so we haven't brought you guys as many interviews lately as, as we would have liked to. Um, but I'm going to read for everyone that's listening a brief um, – this is, I guess, the little IMDb blurb <laughs> for a movie. And I, I'll, You guys can tell, I think, when I, when I say why, uh, what this movie's about, why I wanted to do this interview. You guys know this is mine and Philip's favorite genre, subgenre of horror. So here we go. Um, movie is called Hell is Empty. Uh, I believe it's available March 1st. Is that right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, So here it is. A self-styled Messiah initiates a teenage runaway into his cult of sister wives. Her rebellious nature upends the community, triggering a bloody uprising against the patriarch. So yeah, this was kind of... And then I like the picture IMDb puts on there, the screenshot. It kind of looks like The Last Supper. Mm. Um, Really cool. (laughs) So um, we do have uh, some... Three people with us that are involved in the film. Director Joe Schaefer. How's it going, Joe? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah. And so I guess you co-wrote this also with Adam DeSantis. Uh, Adam, is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. And yeah, I, we also I also have... produced the film. Oh. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I think since this is indie filmmaking, so we know how that goes. So there's probably a lot of people wearing multiple hats. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. and also, um, I think it's One worth noting. Person... Oh, sorry. Uh, what's that? 
Oh, uh, Spencer <laughs> also helped uh, helped with. She has a story credit. Uh, she the That's... initial seed of the movie actually came from a song she wrote. Oh, cool. All right, so I was just about to announce actor Spencer Peppet, but Spencer, obviously, you you did a lot more than just acting then. Oh, I jumped the gun. Sorry. Yeah. I ruined you. No, that's all good. No, that's perfect. Yeah. That's the uh, best way it could go. Yeah. Um, hi, um, I'm Spencer. I played Lydia. I have a story credit, and I composed the score. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, all right, well, we'll jump right in. Uh, we've got 10 questions, and then afterwards, um, uh, don't let me forget, we definitely want to cover uh, where our listeners can purchase or rent the movie, because that's how you guys keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, whatever you're comfortable with sharing about social media, we'll get into that at the end, too. Yeah. Um, cool. So, all right, question number one. I See, I think thought this was mostly going to be for Joe and Adam, but, you know, sounds like it, all these questions are going to be for the group. Um, yeah. So here we go. Um, so you guys definitely hit, as I mentioned, on one of our favorite subgenres, the religious cult. Uh, where did the inspiration come from, and were there any con- was there any conscious allegory to anything that is going on today? Yeah, I think the um, something that I was really struck by when we were researching cults is how fluid the definition is, and people. I mean, there are obviously you know kind of there's there's a general like framework of what a cult is, but you see that kind of. St- like mode of thought and mode of leadership um, in a lot of different things, um, you know, and like, I mean, like tech companies is a, a fun example, <laughs> not to get too political, but, uh, you know, so like I was personally um, just intrigued by that style of of manipulation. Um, yes. And so I, I think that I was really interested in, the small cult because it felt like just such a self-contained and reduced power dynamic um, where you could really just it, it like almost like a, a playground to just mess around with different sort of um, di- different I don't know does that make sense yeah what it's like a bottle episode except it's yeah, an island it's totally totally <laughs> self-destructing bottle episode yeah <laughs> All right. Um, anything to add, uh, Adam or um, Spencer? I guess I would just say that for me, the the really interesting question at the heart of of the story for me is um, like, why do people follow um, leaders like Ed? You know, because from the outside, mm-hmm. he seems kind of you know mm-hmm. pathetic, obviously <laughs> fake, um, but clearly there's a draw. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he, he draws in many people and, you know, what are the conditions that, that lead people to be susceptible to that, um, I think, is is one thing I enjoyed getting to explore in this story. Gotcha. Yeah, the old cult of personality. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen it a lot lately. Yes. <laughs> I can give you the story of the song if you'd like. Oh, love to hear the story of the song. So it was... Oh my god. Summer before, I guess, junior year of college, and I had moved into a new apartment. I was by myself. Normally I record with a band, and I was making this, like, totally lo-fi, 
solo project kind of EP that Joe and I ended up doing a bunch of videos for, with, which is really fun. But I wrote this song um, and it had the line, cut your braids with kitchen knives, kill the rest of your sister wives. Holy and shit. I <laughs> sent it to Joe and they were like, can I make that a movie? <laughs> and I said, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how the, the genesis of Hell is Empty started was with that song. And you can actually hear it in the end credits of the movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in there after uh, one of the other songs. I think it's like the final credit song. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was just really cool and exciting to see that um you know, transform into a full feature-length film. And it was also fun. I mean, Joe was writing this all through junior year of college, right? Mm -hmm. And living in the, the tiniest tiny. apartment, literally so small <laughs> it didn't have a full-size fridge. Yeah, with a gigantic Hieronymus Bosch poster above me in, like, near darkness. Yes. Just <laughs> typing away. And so I would kind of come back from classes and they'd be, you know, typing away and I'd be like... Yeah have you moved? <laughs> and they would say, no, but I have a new draft of the script. And so it was very fun to just get to see the whole process and give input and build these characters um, as they, you know, as Joe and Adam both like crafted this script. Yeah. Totally. Nice. All right. So um, definitely sounds like a team effort. <laughs> this is yeah. like, um, this is almost unique. We've done several interviews, haven't done any, like I said, in about a year, but mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of interaction. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. I definitely got a distinct folk horror vibe from the film. Um, so, you know, other than it just being a straight ahead cult, maybe was folk horror at all big for any of you guys growing up? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, um, since since you're the expert, I'm I'm nervous to to present myself <laughs> as knowing more about it than I do. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, love the Wicker Man. Uh, always found just that um, something about a bunch of sticks tied together is just terrifying. Mm -hmm. I don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, I don't know if this this is almost like proto folk horror, but. Um, Night of the Hunter was a big inspiration. Um, okay. Just the sense of something, something evil, kind of in a pastoral landscape. I, I love that contrast. And I think also one other. This isn't a movie, but uh, Flannery O'Connor. Um, that kind of like really grim, but still funny Southern Gothic uh, style okay. is something sure. I really took influence from. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I I was a little bit of a wuss growing up when it came to when it came to horror films in general. Same, so yes, same. I, I may have been a, a latecomer to the genre at large, um, but I, I think one of the the some of the first few movies um, that I first few horror movies that I really enjoyed were like The Witch, um, okay, and. Um, I mean, I second what Joe said about Night of the Hunter because that was mm -hmm. hugely influential for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny. I remember off what you were saying, Adam, about being too too scared of horror movies uh, for a long time. I remember a distinct moment where we decided that we needed to toughen up while we were writing. <laughs> yeah. uh, we went we, we went to a haunted house together. Oh, nice! <laughs> and it was it that. was horrible. I'm never going back. I oh, also come saw on. it in 4D. Um, oh which I did not know I was seeing it in 4D, uh, but that was a good, that was like my um, baptism into um, sort of contemporary did, horror, I would say. Did it scare uh, you? All right. We even talked about that. Yeah. Um. Yes, but it was just cheap jump cuts or jump sure. scares. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. The old, it terrified <laughs> me to this day, though. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, we've got a couple of questions for uh, Spencer. Um, so where did you get inspiration for your character? Were you looking back to any classic performances, um, or was there anything to draw on from your personal experiences? Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about Joan of Arc, actually, um, Mm -hmm. and used her, uh, as, like, a a touchstone for the character of Lydia, um, Mm -hmm. and I also, I don't know, I was really interested, kind of going back to what Joe and Adam were saying about, like, why someone would choose to stay in a situation like that. And for me, it really came down to like thinking about the material conditions that Lydia was facing. Like mm-hmm. if you are at the point where you have literally nothing, like nowhere to go, no way to sustain yourself and no one who you think like cares about you. And suddenly someone's offering you a meal and a dress, mm-hmm. like you're probably going to take it. And so, I, I don't know, I think that was a big piece of it. And we also, um, I didn't chime in on the last question because um, my parents lied to me as a child and told us that uh, uh, the TV didn't work. <laughs> and what? so, um, I didn't watch TV or movies until I was 18. Um, wow. Yeah, that's Yeah. Like, you know. I saw, that sounds a little uh, bit like cult programming in and of itself (laughs) (laughs) i saw high school musical i was kind of um but you know i didn't really get into it until college and so a lot of my you know film knowledge has been very recent and honestly it's been really like exciting and fun to build that like from the basis i mean we would go to the library once a week and i would take home a stack of books, read all of them, return them, get a new stack, return them. So, you know, that was pop culture and now I'm just building on it. So mm-hmm. um, lots of literary stuff. I agree on the Flannery O'Connor side. I think, yeah, Joan of Arc. And then all of those kind of like, I don't know, there's something so cool about like a pop horror movie. Yeah. Like I would consider, you know, the witch and it follows and jennifer's body and mm-hmm. cabin um, in the woods cabin in the woods like those are all just so good and they definitely helped like build the foundation for lydia i would say also something uh, i remembered recently was that the character was kind of based off the short that we oh made, yeah which never never ended up coming out but uh <laughs> forgot about that yeah we did uh, a sort of like almost devised thing about a, a teenage runaway and um i remember she had a gold coat which we, i spray painted yes yeah. yeah which i think we i don't know if it made it in the movie there the was beginning. a gold jacket gold jacket similar, yeah, okay. but, yeah um yeah rosemary was that character 
Yeah. <laughs> she lied about her name, though, so could have been Lydia. Could have been anything. All right. Uh, well, that kind of gets into the rest of what I was going to ask you, Spencer. Um, I mean, do you have any other other things in film, television, stage? Uh, I do, so you, and you do have a musical background. So, like, what what else drew you to this? Yeah. Um, so I am a musician as well. I am the front woman of the band The Ophelias. Joe actually plays bass. And uh, so I kind of I went to college for experimental theater. So a lot of like devised work, a lot of um, team exercises and projects and things like that. But I uh, met Joe as a freshman and uh, we made another movie, actually Adam and Joe and myself and also our our cinematographer, our DP, Alex Halstead, um, was also on the team for that first movie, which was called Calliope. Mm -hmm. And uh, micro, micro budget feature. Like the most micro budget Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, filming in a basement in Wisconsin. And that's kind of how I I met you and Adam and the whole whole team. And then we started dating after that movie. Yes. And... um, so most of my film experience has been through this kind of team of people, which has been really cool because it's, as you were saying, a very like communal effort into something which, uh, from my experimental theater background, I deeply enjoy. Yeah. But uh, music is definitely something that we're actually about to go on tour next week. Yeah. Um, Joe and I make all the music videos. We've done stuff for other people. And I would love to keep doing movies. I We've been in a writer's group for the last two years since the pandemic started, and yeah. we're, we're cooking some stuff. Yeah, we got some stuff you cooking. Know. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, be sure to send us some, uh, when we're done, send us some links to the band yeah. stuff so we can post that as well. Absolutely. Um, all right, uh, so this is for everybody. What was the experience like filming this movie with an ensemble cast? And considering the subject matter, was there ever any point where things got, you know, like too real or, or real dramatic for anyone? Like any onset stories, we want the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I think for starters, uh, just getting the location ready was such an intense thing. It, it had been abandoned for, I think... 10 15 years at least a decade yeah yeah okay so it was it was you know like there were when adam and i first set foot in there it was there were like syringes and you couldn't walk most of the places it was the place was was in bad shape truly like you had to cover your mouth and so that was (laughs) that was like a good like six months of just like driving to indiana to like chip away at everything um lost spiders too a film set <laughs> yeah uh, just to make, turn it into a place where people like where it's not an osha violation <laughs> to like uh bring people to uh so that would that was i would say the, the first thing the first challenge of yes, I can talk about of the getting ready bit. yeah um, A bunch of members from the ensemble actually also went to the same program as I did, and we were classmates. Um, Okay. So Nia Farrell, who played Saratoga, was in my program, and so was Aya, who played Murphy. Um, And so getting to work with people who I had been working with for a bunch of years previously definitely uh, 
added to the the family vibe totally. <laughs> of the the sister wife yeah. cult makes makes uh, a difference yeah. yeah totally and uh i'll say the only thing when things got a little too real um anytime there was like water or dirt which there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of like, dirt <laughs> there was a baptism scene where I was like, okay, we've done too many takes of this. I cannot yes, do I, anymore. I gotcha. Um, the baptism. Um, there's a lot of like running through the woods and eventually mm-hmm. it got to be like, okay, I'm going to go get prepped. I had a, a full playlist that I would listen to, to like get into character and do all the exercises and all of that. And um, it was a lot of like, listening to Courtney Love and then like running through the forest and like getting covered in dirt and blood and oh the haircutting what am I oh, talking duh. about yeah I was gonna say please real. talk about the haircutting yeah please yeah I mean I was literally cutting my hair off and it was weirdly painful because it was just like a single razor blade hot glued to that piece Aye. of ceramic and you'd been tied up there for like three hours yeah because once you're tied <laughs> like I couldn't really leave yeah. right so um, it was a small set, right? Close mm-hmm. set. And yeah. so it was just us and like our AD and Alex. And um, she had been bringing me like snacks <laughs> since I couldn't mm-hmm. move. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally it was time to cut all my hair off. Which you'd been growing for like two years yeah. in preparation. So cut all the hair off. It took so much longer than expected. Yeah, it was a long time. And Alex just shot the whole thing. Yeah. So he shot everything. It took like 45 minutes, I think, of me sawing at my hair. And so when you see me crying, it's because it actually was painful. And I was getting very frustrated that it yeah. wasn't coming off faster. <laughs> but the relief at the end, I think I start like crying happy tears. That is also real. Yes. Um, wow. Joe, Joe, you may be the next. <laughs> uh, man, this may be like a uh, uh, Filming of, of the the uh, Shining or something where you <laughs> torture no, your fun. your actress. You may be the next Kubrick. <laughs> okay, to, to be fair, Spencer specifically requested that she get to cut her hair that off for true. real. So I I uh, but no, I definitely <laughs> did. I was thinking about um, what's the movie? Is it Burden of Dreams? The the documentary about. Werner Herzog making Fitzcarraldo <laughs> in the jungle. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, I ha- just had these nightmares that, like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> we're doing this. We're doing <laughs> one of those. Uh, but I will say that, you know, like, as as intense and hard scrabble as it, it was, I do think that um, – we man we did and this i mean is really due to adam like we mm-hmm. avoided any like dangerous situations yeah you know, like there was grueling stuff for sure but yeah i think yeah. it you know remarkably like i don't think i think we did a good job of keeping people out of danger out yeah. of true danger gotcha <laughs> yeah. in a place that could actually be very dangerous yes totally totally um yeah, we had to reinforce the house a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. You don't want the house falling on you. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> what we were thinking about. A raccoon did walk in during the a raccoons. take, which was fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Adds to the ambiance. Yes. We all just kind of looked at it, and it looked at us, and it was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, yeah. you guys are busy. I'm going to To be fair, we were in its home. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, yes. <laughs> 
It's definitely um, had probably lived in that house for the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah, they owned it. All right, well, you guys... You guys had talked a little bit about, um, you know, a lot of a lot of you guys knowing each other before you started. But um, other than that, what what led to the casting of the film? For example, um, I, I guess I'm thinking of Travis Mitchell, um, <laughs> the psycho leader. Um, anything that set him apart or made you decide to go with him over somebody else? Yeah, well, I think the sort of initial thing was he was going to be in a short I was working on, but it didn't work out, but it was, it was based off, um, Arbud Dwyer. I don't know if you're familiar. It's a pretty like horrific, we don't need to get into it, but it, um, it's like a scummy (laughs) politician who, uh, came to a terrible end on live television. Uh, so I kind of, seen him do a, a that sort of like kind of narcissist <laughs> in crisis thing and knew that okay. he could do that well and yes uh, he was also just just very like you know he's he's worked so much and and for so long that he's uh he can just really like take direction quickly and i i think such a big thing about casting this movie was finding people that could work together um very fluidly and who could really kind of take on the character without i may not babysitting because like Mm -hmm. obviously it's a collaboration but uh you know people who are really like could be autonomous and he um he just yeah he just He's he's a nice guy. He's nothing like it, but uh, he he locked into something. Yeah, that's usually the case, right? Yeah. All right, nice. Um, so what's next for you guys? Like, do you plan to continue doing this type of film, or maybe take a stab at something more lighthearted, like maybe a rom com or something <laughs> like that next time? Well, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of different scripts and a lot of different genres. Um, I think. I don't want to speak for everybody, but the one I'm most excited about is another horror movie, um, cl- more in the supernatural realm, uh, which I think would be really ah. fun to explore. Because I, I was really, I think so much of this movie for me was about just trying to focus on sort of how like mundane human things create horror. Uh, but it, it made me kind of... Uh, excited to try a uh, full-on you know kind of like gonzo style uh, supernatural horror movie yeah i mean actually it's worth it's worth saying i think in in some earlier versions of the script we kind of dabbled with yeah. supernatural elements a little bit um mm-hmm. and and we ended up going more in the you know the the, the people are the <laughs> are the devil direction yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but I, yeah, I th- I'm also, I think it'll be fun to do a, just a kind of full-on ghost story. Yeah, totally. I think we learned a lot about um, just, like, how to pull off effects, too. So I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, given the reins next time, uh, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. we, we could really kind of dial up the, the hallucinatory stuff in a fun way. To Are you guys... Noise. Uh, so are you guys thinking about like a big cast again or maybe more of a, a smaller, more enclosed story? I loved getting to work with a, a big cast. Yeah. Um, Ensembles are fun. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the chaos is is just really <laughs> exciting. If it helps, I'm working on a script right now about total isolation. So okay, okay, we can get a little true. bit of both. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, we sort of all have have our things that we've been working on. Yeah, and are kind of cross pollinating. Totally, stuff. it's the collaboration <laughs> thing. Yeah, totally. Nice. Um, all right. So when when did you guys actually uh, make this movie? When was filming? Summer of 2018. OK, yep. so that that makes my next question irrelevant. I was I was going to ask whether the covid situation created any unique problems or anything like that. But it sounds like yeah, you guys but, wrapped well before that. Yes, yeah. thankfully it did. Uh, you know, the, the film I, thankfully, most of post-production was also before COVID. I think we were still just finishing up, like, the color. VFX. Okay. Color. And, and that, yeah. that all can kind of happen remotely anyways. So sure, it was sure. a big deal. But it definitely impacted, you know, what happens once a film is, is completed. Because yeah. the whole film festival landscape, which is, you know, hugely important to getting, to building an audience, particularly for horror films. There are you know, hundreds of, of small horror festivals um, with, you know, really um, enthusiastic fans. Uh, and it's, I think we were both really excited to be able to to connect with people yeah, watching totally. the film through those festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it was. Go ahead. Oh no! Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, oh, I'm, we, I'm just—we do that on the show all the time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just yeah, you know, you you work on something for so long, and I I I would just second what Adam was saying. We we were so excited to get to like see people reacting to it um, in a group environment, and to see you know did the line that we were hoping would get a laugh or like a nervous chuckle get that and. Um, yeah, we, we got, I think we got one to albeit one in-person screening, which is really gratifying. Okay. Well, there were a couple. There was, we only, we, oh yeah, we only got to attend. We, the premiere was thankfully in person in yes. Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. Um, that was. But I think that was the only time we've gotten to see the film in a really large group. Um, yeah, totally. Oh, one other thing, timeline-wise. This this is just pure pettiness, but I do feel the need to get it off my chest. We wrote and shot this movie before Midsummer came out. Oh my out. god! Oh, okay, all right. Well, it uh, it I I love Midsummer. I I just want to like make it clear that we're not movie of 2019. Yeah, we were not trying to rip Midsummer off. Uh. Cause I uh, maybe no one cares, uh, but I care, and uh, here I am. So yeah, that was that was my, when we did our top and bottom ten of the year. That was my favorite film of that year. It's mm. so good. Did you ever see the director? Oh my gosh, the director's. So uh, oh yeah, I went to the theater yeah. to see the so director. It's so good. <laughs> we saw Spencer and I saw it together, and we were like on the fence about. It's like it's cool, but I don't know if I love it. And then we saw the director's cut, and we were like, "This right? is amazing." Yes, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just, I it's still haven't funny. seen the director's cut. Oh yeah, dude, you gotta love see it. it. It's so good. I have to. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got. I got one final question here for everyone, and this is just kind of like our hallmark question. We we ask it of everybody we interview. 
Um, so if you've got an answer, great. If not, um, no, that's cool too. Um, but it's just simply this: Are there any, you know, charities, organizations, causes, um, you know, things that mean a lot to you guys, or that any of you happen to be particularly passionate about? Um, and if so, how can our listeners get involved? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, for me, um, it's totally, totally unrelated to anything film or horror, um, but. Um, I'm very into uh, climate change, uh, climate justice. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, that's um, going to affect, already affecting people across the world and, and only going to get so much worse. So always want to throw more attention on that and, you know, have people starting conversations about what the, what the coming decades are going to mean for us. Um, but um, Climate Emergency Fund is a great charity. Um, so I'd like to shout them out. Very nice. I'll say, I'll say also, um, just sending funds to like the Texas Equality Fund and the ACLU in Texas as Abbott, you know, continues to like make completely just senseless and cruel, uh, anti-trans laws and legislation, um, it's it's really important and just like also checking in on like your trans friends and like making sure that people feel seen and heard and loved very important yeah i actually uh, live in texas and i was oh, gonna really? make an yeah when you mentioned the when we were talking about the character name i was gonna make an aunt lydia joke but i thought nah we'll <laughs> <laughs> um all right anything else uh before we wrap up that you guys want to uh want to mention um, obviously we want to know where to, where to go buy the movie <laughs> so you can make more, <laughs> right? So yes, where, where all can we find the, our listeners find this film? Yes. Um, wait, look, I want to make sure I, I read it, uh, correctly. <laughs> um, but it's on, um, iTunes, Amazon, um, let me... Yeah, uh, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, Microsoft Store, available for uh, rental and purchase, as well as cable and satellite um, across the country. All right, and the, the movie is called um, Hell is Empty, and now now where did that title come from? It's, um, so it, it comes from The Tempest. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I kind of, I mean, I think, I don't, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I think we were initially just taken by sort of the poetry of it. As as the movie sort of progressed and we sort of developed this idea of kind of someone using this sort of fanciful, intense language as a way of making themselves seem more esteemed and more powerful. Um, I, I sort of think it's funny because, like, I mean, I, I think... we. None of us are like Shakespeare heads, you know. I think I've studied it. Yeah, I like the Tempest, uh, but I, I do think the band I, is called the Ophelias. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but you you were talking about like oh the canon. And oh stuff. my god. Um, I I think there's something uh, that I maybe no one else does, but I I I think it's kind of uh, funny to just like I don't know the 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 language of of um um being 
too big for your britches and highfalutin <laughs> I, um, intrigues me. And I, I like the Shakespeare and, reference in that regard. And also the, 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 full, the full quote from The Tempest is, hell is empty and all the devils are here. Um, so I think particularly, you know, in a film where they're always, you know, Ed is always, is casting blame at, at the devil and, you know, mm-hmm. the devil's mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, that always, yeah, it felt poetically relevant. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that make that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, uh, Joe, Adam Spencer, any of you guys want to throw out any, um, social media links or anything that you want our listeners to go check out yeah you can follow the film at hell is empty film on instagram i think that's where we're most active yeah and And also um the ophelias yeah at the ophelias on instagram and twitter um i'm at spencer puppet as well i'm also on tiktok i'm working on my tiktok presence (laughs) oh aren't we all Yes. literally um yeah and y'all are on twitter uh, hell is empty on twitter as well we are yeah i think so oh. <laughs> yes absolutely of course she and do social yeah media. you can you can see okay. me in the corner of spencer's tiktoks all right well yeah brian brian does all of ours um I'll let him handle that so uh it, it's hell is empty film so just kind of search for that then yeah instagram yeah. and twitter well, guys, uh, thanks again for joining us. We we always, again, love doing these interviews, just don't do them as often as we'd like, but things seem to be picking up. So uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank, thank you so much. much. Thanks so much for having us.